0: Episode 3, The Nick Blueprint. There is no talent here. This is hard work. This is an obsession. By Connor McGregor. Nick, who currently plays for Apple LFC, worked with me for two and a half years. And what I'm going to do in this episode is I'm going to dive into and break down exactly what we did The amount of hours, the amount of sessions, the amount of minutes, and what our practices looked like during his two and a half years with me. My objective at the end of this podcast, the end of this episode, rather, is you understand the math to have the level of technical skill and ability to play at a pro academy level in Europe. So let's begin. As I mentioned before, Nick plays for Apple FC and we worked together for two and a half years. We completed two to four practices a week. This means in his two and a half years, and we we did the math based on two practices a week, he completed over 260 sessions. We started at the age of nine years old. By the time he... Signed and left to go to Appwell just about a year ago, a little less. It was July 2019. We had completed, or he completed rather, and I worked with him, 260 technically driven sessions, 11,700 minutes of technique based training, and a total of 195 hours together between me and him. Now, I've had people ask me, what did you do, Kyle, to get Nick to that level? And I always, always say the same thing. I said, you guys need to understand. Whoever asked me, you need to understand. It's not about what I did. It has nothing to do about what I did. What I did was I came out to train him in the morning or during the day or at night. And I brought the exercises. I brought the equipment. I would say at most in two years did I have to push Nick to give more. What I mean by that is he has an obsession. He works hard. He decided to push himself to reach the next level. It didn't come from me. It didn't come from his mom and dad. didn't come from his brother or his sister. It came from Nick himself internally. His goal is to become a professional player in Europe. He wants to play at that level. So he busted his butt every single day to get to the level he's at now. So think about this. As a coach, right? somebody that trains players... In f- almost three years, I had to push him maybe twice. That means at every single practice, he came determined and ready to work hard. Ready to work hard. So when people ask me that question again, what did you do to get Nick to that level? It has nothing to do with what I did. Nick did that Nick pushed himself Nick reached that level I just helped and guided him to get there I gave him exercises and the platform to succeed he reached it himself now to give you a little bit more insight into this the work that we did was private or small group training so we worked individually or we worked in a small group with a couple other players so the numbers that I'm giving you do not include for example his 2 to 3 practices a week with his club team on average and or the games. So it's just training with me in the group. So a little bit more insight into this. The training and I'm using an average here was about 45 minutes of technique so that would include when I say technique, right? I'm I'm literally speaking of ball mastery. So I'm saying, dribbling, skill work. So working on fakes and feints, changes of direction, stops and starts. I'm talking about passing. I'm talking about receiving. I'm talking about first touch. And when I mention first touch, I'm talking about juggling specifically, learning how to control the ball out of the air, uh, and and improving that touch with the, for example, outside, inside. Laces, sole, which is the bottom, thigh, chest, head. Any part that you can control the ball with, we used, and then of course shooting. We spent a lot of time working on all of those elements, right? So it's it's a it's a lot of work, um, and and that forty five minutes too, by the way, did not include one v ones or the two v ones or two v two games that we would play. On top of that. So we would do that every single practice. We would include 1v1 time, usually at the beginning or end of practice, or 2v2s. So if we had a group, 2v2. And if it was just me and him working, it would be me playing against him. And that's how, in my opinion, Nick can dominate somebody 1v1 or he can dominate 2v2. Because in two and a half years... We never went over 2v2. One, we didn't have the players. We didn't have enough players to do that. We never had more than usually three or four in a group. But even if we did, there was a few occasions that we did. Every activity was 1v1 and 2v2 or 2v1. This explains why Nick is so good at 1v1. He can dribble almost any player 1v1. He can beat or be in a scenario and win 2v2. I'm bringing this up because I want you to understand and realize how important these small-sided scenarios are. 1v1 is the premise of the game. So, I know this, and I knew that if I'm going to help Nick, whose goal is to go play in Europe and play professionally, and he's going through his journey, his pro journey he has to be able to dominate in 1v1 scenarios and 2v2s. So all really small-sided, extremely small-sided. Now, what you need to understand on top of that is, or in relation to this, is if you look at a game of soccer, and, they, and you know, pro is 11v11, across the field there are a bunch of small-sided numbers. 1v1, 2v2, 3v2, 4v5, right? Small numbers. So yes, in the grand context of the game, it's 11v11. When you break the field down, it's all those intricate numbers. So like, you look at a winger, number seven, number 11, left side, right side, doesn't matter, pick one. Let's use the right. Usually when they get the ball, they're immediately in a 1v1 situation, which is why players like Ronaldo, Messi when he plays there, Salah, Sané, Mane, they're so good 1v1. They're direct, they're fast, and they're skilled. And they're able to unlock defenses with their dribbling. Hazard's another one. The only way you get that, that ruthlessness, is by practicing it over and over and over again. Now, what I do need to mention, because this is extremely important, and I'm going to give you some additional numbers. Nick spent a minimum of 30 minutes additionally training on his own. So the number that we came up with was 650 times that Nick spent 30 minutes or more. Let me repeat that again. Nick spent 30 30 minutes or more 650 times training on his own. One more time. 650 times in two and a half years Nick spent 30 minutes or more training on his own so let me give you the math again that's 19,500 minutes of training on his own so that either means alone or with mom or dad so just by working on his craft alone that's 325 total hours working on dribbling, juggling, passing, receiving, and shooting, the technical skills needed. So let me, rem- let me remind you the original number. In two and a half years working with me, 260 practices or sessions, 11,700 minutes for a total of 195 hours. So that's 195 hours working with me. That's 325 hours working alone. So again, I need to highlight the fact that this kid went out and worked every single day in training, whether it was on his own, with a coach or at a team practice. If you combine those number of number of hours together, that's 520 hours of training that Nick spent on his own or with a trainer, with me, from 9 to 12 years old. Now, I do need to let you know that he was homeschooled or homeschooled. He was in virtual school, so he didn't actually go to class. He didn't have actual school, so it's a little bit different, a little bit easier in that, in that sense. But the premise remains the same. Outside of the hours, what I want you to take away from this again and I gave you a quote at the beginning from Conor McGregor and I'm going to say it one more time there's no talent here this is hard work this is an obsession he was obsessed obsessed with training and pushing himself to the next level and when we started Nick had a lower level technical skill lower level He will admit that, but he worked his butt off. And this is why I love this quote. It's an obsession. He was obsessed with improving himself, which is why he spent hours working on his own. 650 times, 30 minutes or more training on his own. That's 520 hours of training on his own and trying to improve his technique. So I went out I showed Nick What he needed to do And he went on And improved it on his own There's actually an interview With Nick His mom And myself Literally discussing and Walking through Pretty much everything that we did How I laid it out for them How I helped them So I've told you before, I would trade, me personally, I would trade every single tournament win, league win, championships, things like that, to place a player in Europe. And I've done that already. That's because I have mapped out what it takes, and here are the numbers for you, for a player to actually make it. Now, understand, yes, you need to have a bit of luck that favors your circumstance. You need to have a little bit of luck that favors your circumstance. Nothing in life, in football, in this game is given. So yes, you do need to have a little bit of luck. You need to be able to get in front of that right person that can see you. Nick had an opportunity to do just that. Now, you need to be prepared to take your opportunity. Nick was prepared. He took the opportunity. So, the takeaway that I want you to have from this episode is the amount of hours needed to reach that level. The math. To have the level or ability to play for a pro academy in Europe. Now understand that the training, the type of training that you do is very important. Right? So just because you're going out there and dribbling in a circle, for example, every single time or whatever scenario you want to use. That's not going to get you there. There's, there's steps that you need to take to reach that level. And it takes a lot of hard work. What I want you to understand in this final part, this last 30 seconds, is the player has to be willing to be obsessed, obsessed with making it to that level. If the player doesn't want it, if you don't want it internally, to have that internal motivation to say, you know what, I'm going to do this, All I can say is I wish you the best of luck. And that right there will allow you to understand that it can't be mom and dad. It can't be the coach. It has to be the player first that wants it. The player first has to want it. They come to practice. There's no fooling around. They're there to work. At the end of practice, they're sweating. They're dripping. Your hands are on your knees because you work that hard. When you have that, then you can actually start talking about the process to get there. To reach that level. But until that point, as a player, and if you're a parent listening to this, if your child isn't giving 100% on their own, let's say at team practice, And then transpiring that the training on their own, you know where they stand. That's the reality. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Nick Blueprint episode. As always, more episodes are coming. Stay connected with me and feel free to message me if you have any questions. Thanks so much and have a great day. Hey guys, I absolutely love that you're checking out and listening to the podcast. And I only have one ask quickly, and that would be if you could please share this podcast with somebody else that you maybe know that is going through the system or struggling to navigate it from the youth soccer perspective. And that would mean the absolute world to me because, as you know, I don't sell anything through the podcast, and I don't have any sponsorships. And the more people that I can help, that is my overall objective. So I would absolutely love if you could share this with somebody. Take the five seconds to do so by sending it through social media or WhatsApp or whatever way that you like to share content. And I will make sure that I continue to deliver valuable and insightful content for you